Hello, hello. Welcome to the Niagara Moon podcast. As always, I'm Thomas Irwin, and I'm going to be once again joined by my musical sidekick, Dan Barracuda, to talk albums. This has been an ongoing series. We're having fun, so it could be going on more for, for a long time. We're talking about one of my favorite albums from the 2000s, and if you're familiar with uh, Niagara Moon music, that might not be too much of a surprise for you. It's a pretty big influence for me. Uh, one of my favorite albums from my teenage years. We're talking of Montreal's Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer? It's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get to it. So Dan, what album are we talking about today? Hissing Fauna. Are you the destroyer? Asks of Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's his name? Uh, Kevin Barnes. Kevin Barnes. The one of a kind, inimitable Kevin Barnes. That's a crazy, crazy album name and ridiculous song names. Oh yeah. I mean that's that's always been a thing for him. He really likes to play with language and he really he has his own way with it for like Every album, like most songs, it's it feels impenetrable at first, certainly. Yeah, it's crazy. The past is a grotesque animal. <laughs> yeah. Had you ever heard of, of Montreal before or listened to any of his songs? I have heard of them, yeah. I, I heard of them and I, I knew um, Grandlandic edit, like ki- kind of. Like I had yeah. heard it before. I mean, you can't really forget that kind of song when you hear it just because of... <laughs> for- Right, like you can't forget bogey, that. Bogey, bogey. You can't forget that. Yeah. So you were only very faintly familiar with Off Montreal, and I introduced this album to you. And uh, yeah, what, what were some uh, immediate takeaways? Um, so th- there are some elements that I, that I'm not like crazy about, but there are some elements that I, that I am that I did really like. Um, stuff that I did I'm not crazy about is like the super. I don't know, just like the golly, like ah. Like disco, like crazy, like erratic, <laughs> like who see like. But I also appreciate yeah. like that he's so future disco. Yeah, like disco. It's like, dude, it's like technical. I kept thinking like this, like Technicolor pop. It's like Technicolor dance pop. Yeah, that's like my genre for it. Yeah, Technicolor dance pop. That that's pretty appropriate. That's yeah. like the word that came to my head. Um, I did appreciate some of the lyrics though. Some of the lyrics I didn't, but like some were like really cool. And I like when he like slows down. Uh, I especially like when he's serious, like in, in the long song. That that was my favorite one, actually, just because it was like so progressive, and um, he just seemed like it was like such a different shift in mood. It was very serious, and it, it was sol- it was yeah. solemn, and I really liked that about it, about him. Um, but dude, also like the moments that I really did like reminded me of Niagara Moon. Do you, are you influenced take, by uh, him? Take that as a compliment. I'm I'm pretty influenced by them. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I, I like I like it. Like sounded like you. Like the vocals and and just like the atmospheres and it was really cool, dude. I was like, holy cow. Do you feel like you're like directly influenced? Oh yeah, influenced I'll, by him? I'll always list this guy as an influence. Um, like I, I came across this music uh, at a very you know impressionable age, thirteen, fourteen, and this is one of my uh, kind of fondest musical memories from that time. Is really getting into this album. Um, as well as his previous two albums, Sunlandic Twins and uh, what's the other one? Satanic Panic in the Attic, especially. Like this, this album is like the crest of an of Montreal wave, where it's just like 
he was in such a sweet spot with his, his compositions and just his concepts. And wow. Yeah, this is, I, I look very, very fondly at this uh, uh, string of albums. Wow. Cool. For sure. Um, it was, this was one of the first artists and albums I got into where I realized like he is doing almost all of this himself. Yeah, I was going to ask. And that's like a thing you can do in the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah, self-produced. So, and, uh, is it a drum machine? Is it oh, a drum yeah, machine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, he has real drums on other songs. I don't know exactly if, if they make an appearance on this particular album. I mean, that that's in his palette, too. But this is, uh, yeah. I think it's it's similar to what I do with Niagara Moon, where he does almost everything himself, and then maybe he just has a friend kind of chip in for a specific part somewhere or whatever. But this is like, he's he's built this from the ground up. Is he playing bass he and guitar? He plays bass and guitar. I'm sure he does keyboards and he programs drums and uh, he's got some synths and uh, he's he's all over the place musically, yeah. And his brother does all the artwork for all his albums. Wow. Oh, yeah. really? Dave Barnes, I think is his name. So this is this is like an int- an intimate affair. This is this is friends and family, you know. If you were to see them live, is it just him on stage? Oh no, I well, it depends. So he's toured in all sorts of configurations, um, but he does specifically have a live band. Yeah, like Prince style. He's kind of like uh, uh, 21st century Prince a little bit. You know, I, I wouldn't wow. necessarily hesitate to say that. Cool. So he's like a one-man band, though, like in oh, terms yeah. of like making the music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Tame Impala. I mean, oh, a yeah, lot of Some, similar like thing. Yeah, exactly. His, his name is Kevin, too. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Parker, Kevin Barnes. Uh yeah, Kevin so Barnes. I, I hear you on that, um, especially for a first-time listener and depending on what your tastes are, this this isn't like a super inviting, just people-pleaser <laughs> pop album, exactly. This <laughs> this goes to some weird places. I'm, I'm surprised to hear actually that the uh, Past is a Grotesque Animal was your favorite track, because that that's the one that's kind of the hardest for me. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Arriving Somewhere But Not Here, which is a, it's a really long Porcupine Tree song. Mm. Just like kind of like the linear drums going and right, like right. just kind of like serious. It's just like it had like a solemn mood to it. Performance breakdown. to that though i have notes oh, yeah. for that one i have notes for for all of them dude one thing i appreciated was it, it at like sometimes the album felt like one long song mm. it transitions are like, so well i think it flows really well it does flow really well it's like it's almost like he just took a song and divided it in half and then like split you know oh yeah, the, yeah like the end of the second song i think into the third song or i think at the end of the first one to the second one is like with the drone Oh yeah, sink the sane into Cato as a pun. That's that's an awesome kind of just plop. It's super down smooth. Like song. it kind of yeah. feels like it's the same song. Yeah, he's also really great at bass lines. Oh yeah, that's another thing. He I wrote. can get funky. Yeah, he's really good at that. Now, are you aware that this is a concept album? Uh, no. Lyrically, uh, yes, lyrically, and then that subsequently kind of informs a lot of the uh, musical decisions in the second half too. Yeah. But. Uh, I've kind of gone on a journey with this album myself where the first few times I heard it, I thought it was just a bunch of songs that happened to flow really well together. And I didn't know how personal it was. You know, a lot of the lyrics are kind of impenetrable. You're like, what's he talking about? Is he just like playing with words? Like this is just a, you know, literary freak out or whatever. But this is like, this is his story of 
deciding to go on antidepressants while also like embracing uh, an alter ego he has called Georgie Fruit. Like this is a whole, like he, he was literally, as one of the songs say, like he was in a personal crisis and he was just like totally trying to do a 180 with his life. Wow. So this this is like the focal point of his career, kind of. Wait, wait, does he say Georgie Fruit? Does he say I Georgie Fruit in his lyrics? I don't know off the top of my head. He may. Um, he's kind of an, the whole thing is, because he kind of speaks in code. So he's like singing, delinquent days are here again. That's like his way of announcing that he's coming back to this persona. Um, yeah, I don't know how much is in the lyrics themselves, or it's like when you decide that you're a fan, you know, he's talking about stuff at his shows, or he has like, extra material that you would find out somehow on his website or whatever but he really like he really he's into characters big time wow theatrical how do you know this stuff uh so eventually i just did a little research around the album you know including wikipedia and then i'm like kind of connecting the dots together you know an interview or two and it's like the big song the uh, past is a grotesque animal that's him just like coming to terms with the situation of his wife or I guess maybe not wife, just partner at the time, like leaving him and taking his daughter away and they're going back to Norway. Cause he's just like losing his shit. It, and this really happened. This is like real stuff. And then he was able to pull it back around. Like there, there's this like dark, like personal undercurrent in these songs that I like the first few times I listened, I didn't know it was there. Wait, so wait, that actually happened. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not just made up. And he's oh, saying, okay. uh, I spent the winter on the verge of a total breakdown while living in Norway. That's like the first line of one of the songs. And that's, that's what's going on with him. Like I, I didn't realize until I get more and more accustomed to these songs that he's like, this is almost like a diary, but just like a crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I feel like in the past as a grotesque animal, um, he's like venting. Oh, I yeah. wasn't really following what he, I wasn't following his lyrics. I could just tell that he was venting. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. And he's having a crisis. Wow. That song really stands out. I mean, obviously yeah. in length, but also in mood. Well, that that's where the album, he consciously turns things from, um, I'm having a personal crisis that I need to figure out, to I'm just going to embrace this callous, ridiculous character, Georgie Fruit, and start saying, how you want to take my stride when you are so inferior? Like, he's becoming just this, like, like party animal, like, Crazed weirdo. He's going through like this I could tell weird he's metamorphosis. Changing, he's yeah. changing roles yeah. when in one of the songs. No, it happens in uh, the Cato one, right? It's like you just want to like you don't want to pick up the phone, like you're depressed. He's like you just want to be left alone, and then it's like a pause, and then he's like, "Is that too much to ask?" Yeah, he like switches I th- characters there. Yeah, I think that that might be some of exa- uh, example of it. I'm, I'm mainly thinking of like uh, just all the songs to happen after that, like you know that metamorphosis going through going through some stuff song of uh, past as a grotesque animal. But yeah, it probably shows up in other places too. Georgie Fruit. Georgie Fruit. Yeah, he's such. This guy's such a weirdo, dude. Kevin Barnes. Wow. He's in. He's like intensely artistic. Like I'm sure he just has a like a pile of notebooks that he's like scribbled all these thoughts and ideas and drawings in. Like I'm sure he's like a compulsive uh, creator, <laughs> to say the least. Have you watched interviews of him or anything? Like, what's he like? Uh, he's really quiet. Um, I mean, he's charming and he's he's funny, but he's he's just really 
in interviews at least he's very subdued uh but his style is also very kind of outrageous and sometimes very femme and he's very kind of free with his uh, gender identity so i mean i don't know maybe he doesn't even go by he he might uh, they might be they them at this point yeah to be true. honest uh i don't know something about the look in their eyes it's like they just want to get back to creating they're almost kind of like yeah dead in in social scenarios they're they're very eccentric Jesus. yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and the last thing i'll kind of uh say for now on this is this is the crest of the of Montreal wave in my mind and what this album does so well with flowing and balancing all these crazy ideas, but still making it so cohesive. I feel like gradually falls apart in all the albums after this. So I'm not really a fan, too big a fan of, of much that comes after this album. What, what changes, what changes? You get more and more the feeling musically that it's like superimposing like five songs on top of each other and your brain just like, it doesn't, make sonic sense and you just like yeah i kind of got i kind of got that in this you get that a little bit you get that even more increasingly frenetically is he doing verse chorus verse chorus like bridge chorus is he i don't even know like halfway through the album i'm like what structure yeah and it it just goes more and more in that kind of like wormhole direction erratic yeah melodically erratic i wrote melodically erratic upbeat it's like and he has the prince syndrome of you know, you're a genius and you have a bajillion ideas coming out of your head every day, but you're trying to do something with all of them and it's it just gets too cluttered and crazy. At least I feel that way. I'm, he still has a pretty good fan base, but um, this this is the peak and then he, they kind of oh, lose Oh, is, is he still super active? Oh yeah, they're still, they're still going. Is he I mean, bigger than ever? Like, this one is album number eight and I mean, they might be up to 15 by now. I mean, they, they've this is this is all they do, man. Kevin Barnes is uh, an unstoppable force. Is he from Montreal? Uh, The name comes from like a failed relationship uh, Kevin had with somebody from Montreal in like the 90s. And I guess the name just stuck. Um, But they are based in Georgia and they're part of the Elephant Six Collective, which is this alternative like neo-psychedelia pop collective based down in Georgia um, in the 90s. And you have bands like the Olivia Tremor Control. You'd probably really like them. So that there's like this whole strong wow. scene down there. So the Elephant Six Collective. Olivia Tremor Control, Neutral Milk Hotel, I heard of them. Alf Power, The Apples in Stereo. That's cool. It was a collective, huh? And they'd play together and wow. Oh yeah, it was a whole community. Yeah, so that that's that's uh that's Kevin's roots is in this neo psychedelia movement in the nineties. And that, I mean that's part of why I like a lot of his music so much. I'm always I'm always down for some neo psychedelia. Wow, he's 46. I mean, at the he they were 30 at the time of this album. I want to watch some live videos. Oh yeah, no, they're they're great live. Their music videos are super colorful and wacky and, and theatrical, as you can imagine. Yeah, um, it's a lot of good stuff there. But but yeah, what were your what were some of your other thoughts? So you weren't totally vibing with the album as a whole because of some genre choices as like but, just like to, like just like the dancey like the dancey pop technicolor super dancey i just like never listened to you that didn't like uh heindel's gate heindel's gate like a promethean curse the come on chemicals I, 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 like, I like 
like some of that. Okay. I like actually that was one of the songs that I actually kind of liked. I like the name of that one yeah. too. <laughs> I I have notes for every single song. We can oh, go through let's it. do it. So the first one, I I, just, I didn't even go by title. I just went by one, two, yeah. three. All so the way suffer to for fashion. We come in with a bang. I said, I said, I said, melodically erratic, upbeat harmonies coming and going. I, I like that. Like I like that part of it. It was like, it was like so off guard. I wrote psych, psych dance. Um, he says together, together. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty song. And then I said cool ending with the drone note, but that was actually the next yeah. song. <laughs> you know, and I, I was like super cool segue to the next song. Yeah. And I said, I dig this one. Beginning for the next song I wrote, I dig this one. Beginning reminds me of Niagara Moon. I love that that little transition with like the pumping bass, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah that's uh, really sweet that's textures a great here. Cool sounds. I like the singing and harmonies here. Sick little high. Oh yeah, there was a cool high guitar part. But I think that was the beginning of the of the next one. Well, which one is like a minute long? That one. Oh yeah, the second song is only a minute long, yeah. so it's like it's Kato that has it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it gets all kind of neo-funk. Yeah, I like the sing. Yeah, the sing. I mean, he's a great singer. He's a great singer. Very distinct. He's so diverse. Yeah. I said, whoa, the ending was weird, crazy, cool transition, yeah. Short. Oh, the third song. Man, I think I, I, think I mixed up the songs here. Because <laughs> they were so smooth. The transitions were so smooth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it just all blends together. I wrote, I wrote that the song titles are so strange. <laughs> Oh, I, li- I like a come on, mood shift, shift back to good again. That's, uh, yeah, that's Heimdall's Gate. Um, come on, mood shift, shift back to good again. Come on. To good again. That's yeah. literally him talking about, should I embrace taking antidepressants or is it going to, like, mess me up and stifle my creativity? But what choice do I have? I mean, who writes a song like that? I know. It's crazy. Like, when you hear these lyrics, like, I don't know if it's made up. I don't know if it's personal. Because yeah. it's so, like, the music is so right, erratic. Right. So I don't, I don't know if he's just like in, in, encompassing a character. No. I don't know if he's just like being funny. I, did, I didn't know at first. I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of loving a band is like knowing about them. Yeah. Like deciding right? to kind of so bring them into your sphere and like learn about them as a, as a, to learn about being them. And, a person. and it just makes you fall more in love the more yeah. you learn. Like, like I said, you know, as soon as, as soon as you ask, they'll start showing you all their notebooks full of their crazy ideas, and yeah, they they have such a world in their mind that is just probably exploding at all times. Like they're they're such a an insular like build their own world kind of group. Yeah. Like I, I'm like I'm not really a Dave Matthews fan, but like I remember a long time ago, like twelve years ago. I like read. I was just like reading up on him on Wikipedia or something, and I read that like his like sister died in South Africa, mm. and it was like such a dark time for him, and so he like started playing music, I think, and I don't know, just like learning that about him, it like makes me like see him differently. It's like wow, like you went through yeah. like, so much crazy pain, and like yeah, it's interesting how it works. It works in the favor of the artist and appreciating the artist, or sometimes it can have the opposite effect, where like wow, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to listen to this person anymore, if that's their deal. <laughs> Yeah, go either way. Like Kanye West or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so literally, oh yeah. So in the chemical song, the Come On Chemicals, I was like, I'm literally running to the, I'm literally running dun, dun, on beat because right? I was running dun, dun, while I'm like dun, dun, listening. Dun, dun, I'm like, run, I was on beat like perfectly. Yeah. It was, it was such a good running yeah. song. That's definitely a highlight. Oh, and then I wrote short songs. I was like, these songs are really yeah. short. I feel like they felt short. Um, the dude, the Grand 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 Land to get it. 
whatever that means. What's Gronlandic? What's Gronlandic? I don't know, man. I just roll with it. <laughs> There's so many of these references in these terms. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I just on. roll with it, man. Um, I like that song a lot. I said great bass line. It totally makes the yeah, song. Yeah. The, the bass line. And that's another super personal one where uh, I'm, I'm anxious all day and then at night I have other problems. It's, it's such this, I, should I get religious? But what, how would I decide? Like that's his whole... You know? Daylight, I'm so absent minded. Nighttime meeting new anxieties. So am I erasing myself? Hope I'm not erasing myself. <laughs> He's just really wow. putting it out on the page for us. It's such a memorable song. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole motif that keeps popping up is the. <laughs> it reminds me of the Beatles. Yeah. Well, it works. Like in Girl. Totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. The bridge in Girl. Oh, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy, catchy, weird, I wrote. Again, a smooth, smooth, super smooth transition to the next song. Forget, forget, forget. Like, I want to see them do that live. How do they do that live? Oh, you're asking the good questions now. I have no idea. I guess he probably has some, some backup singers. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, that's another thing with all these songs. It's like, how would this sound live? That's his biggest, that's his most played song. Grand Light, it's, Grand Light. It's damn catchy. Now, do you, like, when did you get into the band? When did you get into of Montreal? Was it, like, when was it 2007? Like, yeah, was it? To, um, it was pretty much right after this album came out, not because this album came out. Wow, so you've known him for 13 years. Yeah, yeah 13 or 14 years um, because I just happened to meet somebody at the time who was really into them. They were a fan. I heard a little bit of what they were listening to, and I was like, oh, this is cool, and I, I delved into it for myself. And uh, this was just really at the... They were at the, the height of their powers at this time, too, so that's like the the three most recent albums that I could look at were all just knocking it out of the park. It, it was one of the first bands I encountered where I could really get out of my hole of only listening to older music, you know, especially stuff from the 60s, I could just, I could get away from that and be like, there's amazing stuff coming out right now. Because I don't know if you remember, but I feel like the mid 2000s in general were such a horrible time for pop culture. And just everything seemed bad. It's like music trends seemed awful. What like, was going on? The, the way TV looks, like just a lot of that. Maybe I just was at an age where I was grumpy anyway. That's how I feel about like now though. I feel about like tr like trap and like just the poppets coming out and like all the Oh, but I mean at least now there's no just like this is the one mainstream thing. It's like there's a million with the internet and stuff, there's a million places to yeah, 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 yeah. to branch off to. Discovering something like Up Montreal That's in true. the middle of whatever the hell was going on with with music and media in the 2000s. It was like, "Oh, this is where the cool stuff is happening. You can do this. Oh my god, like somebody by themselves who's not cool. hugely famous, yeah, can can do stuff like this. Like, that was super exciting to me, too, as I was starting to think about how I would create music. It's like Owl City. He's like yeah, Owl City. Uh, I'm not a fan of Owl City, you know, Owl but City? Uh, it's a similar approach. Damn, fireflies. <laughs> Ten million fireflies. Yeah, is, he's like the evil super pop <laughs> version of, of Montreal. <laughs> the corporate version. Of, of Montreal. Uh, who who do you think of Montreal sounds like besides Prince? Like who like what what are his influences? Because I'm not that familiar with this type of music, man. Technicolor, yeah. dance pop. I mean that Elephant Six Collective. They were all about 
the '60s psychedelia, the Beatles and the Beach Boys. I, I gotta imagine that's where it all stems from. And I think David Bowie is an artist that definitely comes up a lot. I was gonna say David Bowie. Yep, I was gonna say David Bowie for sure. So I think it's it's that '60s fun psychedelia stuff, and then it's also the idea of making art, uh, making rock theatrical and arty and performance art and how you incorporate that with, with music. I think that's the other place they're coming from. Wow. Yeah. I, I love it. And it's, it, it's still, I'm saying all those things, but I still think of the way of Montreal sounds as still being very unique to them. And just the, the whole palette yeah. of sounds that they have and how it all mixes together. It's, I, I can't tell you another artist that really captures that the same way. Yep. This album is just one long song, huh? That's what I Pretty wrote. Much. Technicolor Psych Pop yep. really reminds me of some parts of Niagara Moon, just not as dancey. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not as outspoken and, and expressive <laughs> as Kevin Barnes, probably. The lyrics are nuts. If you don't hurt me, then you die. <laughs> he says that. Right. I think. So again, I'm guessing that they're talking about if I don't succumb to these negative thoughts that pop up, if I don't succumb to that. They'll go away. But yeah, it's, it's all this stuff that's going yeah. on in their head. This, these past few songs you've brought up, so Heimdall's Gay Like a Promethean Curse, that was the obvious single for the album. Grandland, to get it, that's the most streamed song on, uh, on, of Montreal Spotify. A Sentence of Sorts in Kongsvinger, which comes up next. This is, this is like the, the, the real meat of the album, I feel like. These are all the strongest songs for me. Four, five, and six? Yeah. I like seven, too. Yeah, seven is, it's that's it's a ride. You you got to really strap in it your really seatbelts for that one. Crazy song name intro is so different from the yes from the rest of the album so far. It feels like an album intro. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Cause it's like it's like what's happened? What's 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 gonna happen? Yeah, they're here? like starting over. Starts picking up. This is my favorite song so far. I like the solemn mood, the consistency in it. It's not as erratic. It's moody. Mm. He's talking out loud. He's venting. It reminds me of arriving somewhere, but not mm. here. By a Pokemon tree, a very linear song goes goes a little long, but it's really nice actually in context of the whole album, right? Because the whole because a lot a lot of the songs are like short, compact, like crazy, erratic, like fucking just crazy stuff going on, and this is like a linear like highway, yeah, a highway. Yeah, it's like a highway. It goes a little long, blah blah. blah. Uh, sweet synth solos going on in the outro. Ooh, right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And then you get to Eva. I'm sorry, but you will never. Have Dude, those lyrics me. were crazy. You like is he? Who's he talking about? Like who, I think. Does he say faggy girl? Give me a just some faggy girl, cause I need. I think they're talking about uh, a woman probably at a show coming on to them, and they're like, "No, I I have a partner. I got a tigress back at home too. I got a daughter. Uh, I can't be hooking up with you. I." I have my own deal, you know, but through the lens of weird Georgie Fruit talk. Soul power. And I need a lover with soul power. Eva, I'm sorry, but you will never have me. To me, you're just some faggy girl, and I need a lover with It's, 
I think another lover with soul with so uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 another <laughs> part of the genius of this album is something like that making that insanely catchy like those lyrics and the weird way that melody flows like, yeah it's like Paul Simon dude we were talking about the Paul yeah. Simon I mean I've had that Eva I'm sorry like that'll pop up in my head every other day or whatever for the longest time what a weird hook <laughs> like that's yeah to me you're just some faggy girl <laughs> And then uh, there's the girl that left me bitter. Wanna pay some other girl to just walk up to her and hit her. Like, what a weird... That's yeah. going to be your pop hook, but it, it works so well. And it's just so bizarre. There's the girl that left me bitter. Want to pay some other girl to just walk up to her and hit her. But I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. It's like the, the middle chunk, that 456... It's like just the sol- the most solid pop songs, but the way the songs after the one that you like the most, the way he can make hooks out of the, such bizarre, askew social situations like that, that also has its own genius to it. I think. I'm listening to it and I hear the lyrics and I'm like, all right, is this song called Eva? Is it called like Soul Power? What's the song called? Nope. It's called Bunny, Bunny Ain't No, no Kind of Rider. Kind of rider. <laughs> Again, the, they speak in code. Dude, what the heck is the next song? What is Faberge Falls for Shuggy? What, dude? For Shuggy. <laughs> Shuggy. It's it's all these characters that they've invented and have little stories for, and then you wouldn't know that <laughs> unless you read through the notebooks. You know, that's that's the kind of the world you're dealing with. So if you were to go to his website, does he have like a, all these extra information and stuff? Or like if you're like in his email Let's list? Check it like- out. I have no idea. I have no idea. They started a Patreon. I'll look that up. He later. did, huh? Oh. Yeah. They are someone who they are compulsively come up with stories and characters and all these ideas and for their own benefit and enjoyment, like 99% of the time. And if you ever are able to pierce through into, into their world at all in any kind of understandable way, well, that's just kudos to you for being a fan. But it's, you know, I can't, I can't decipher most of this. <laughs> from myself dude i just looked at his patreon page dude and it says he has three tiers of support for membership mm-hmm. and the top one is 69.69 dollars so 70, <laughs> 70 bucks uh, this is the option and the lowest is 420 420 in 1974 and then 420 and the highest is 69 oh kudos to kevin now they're making bank that's good to he see makes five grand a month that they're, they they're hanging in there and this yeah go kevin they are a workhorse with their music and their musical ideas and then their shows and their touring and their extra content, uh, the videos and the, the stage shows. This, this is one of the hardest working people in show business. Wow. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. but And is he a crazy tourer or is he like mainly just records and... Uh, they, they've always, I've always thought of him as a touring act, but when they make their music, they also just delve into home studio crazy land too so i this is one of the artists where i would even though i'm not so much into their music now i would genuinely be interested to see a live show of theirs and see what that would be like so anyway getting back to the uh the track list um did you have any other thoughts on uh track number six a sentence of thor- of sorts in kongsminger before we go into the uh the wind tunnel that is uh past as a grotesque animal uh no 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 I don't have any other notes for that. So for a while that was my favorite track like the da 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 da. That's the six. That's track six. Yeah. 
That's the one where he says, if you don't hurt me, then you die. Yeah, that's that's the one. Because I guess the, the lyrical themes are just an extension of uh, Heimbelsgate, like this battle with, with anxiety and depression. So so we go through Fabergé Falls for Shuggy, which to me is kind of the most impenetrable of all of them. I don't like I don't know what's going on in that song, but then you get to how you wanna take my star when you Is that ten? So inferior. Yeah, that's ten. Labyrinthian pomp. So um for for track nine, the of Shuggy, another cool beat going on. Yeah. You should pump these out and sell them. <laughs> Mm. He's really good oh, at good. these beats, man. Oh, and then I wrote, dude, I wrote, vocals remind me of Piggies by the Beatles and also Pigs by Pink Floyd. Hmm. <laughs> And dude, I wrote, mm. I wrote the vocals in his songs are like comic strips, talking to himself. Yeah, very theatrical, yeah, very theatrical and dramatic. Yeah. So you, you like their falsetto? Uh, I wasn't that crazy. I wasn't that crazy about the track ten, the Labyrinthian Pie. I think I, was, I did. I dig the song title. Not that crazy Aww. about the high goofy singing. <laughs> That's like the Georgie Fruit theme song. I, <laughs> Is it I, really? I, a, I mean, it's 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 too goofy to be one of the strongest. But I I have a. A soft spot for that song. I was like, man, this song is so weird. Whoa, that was a crazy time change. <laughs> Love the chorus bass. It sounds fretless. He should do more stuff like this. I I, I like that last like third of the song, like when it changes. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, that was a crazy time change. Yeah, it's so erratic. He he's unpredictable. You have no idea what what the hell. Like, totally unpredictable. Where it, where it could go. And I bet I trust you on on the future albums. You said they're like even more erratic. Uh yeah, and then so. There's also a weird ass moment in this album, and I forget what song it's on. It might be Shuggy, but they start saying "false priests," "the controller sphere," "skeletal lamping." Those are all the names of his subsequent releases, or at least most of them. Like he's just predicting the next big chunk of his discography. He's just, they're just announcing it. Oh, oh, it's the next. Oh, you said it's the next albums. Yeah, they're they're stating the titles of the next sequence of releases in this song, which oh I think God. is so bizarre. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, they, they they go down just the cluttered funk rabbit hole for a while. They do eventually, they do have other albums where they go more back to basics and sound more Velvet Underground-y and it's more just guitar, drums, bass uh, centered. But it's uh, the magic is lost a little bit. I mean, the the songwriting just doesn't, come back as much for me especially compared to just the magic of of uh of this period but so it's it's not like they did that forever and ever what's your, what's your second favorite album um, so for of montreal albums it's going to be this is my favorite there was a uh companion ep icons abstract the and i love that ep that's also one of the strongest things they've done uh and then i really love satanic panic in the attic is probably my number two and sunlandic twins the one in between those two albums is awesome as well it's just that whole group of songs to me is just of montreal yeah um there are some good songs on skeletal lamping and stuff as well i don't want to totally write those off but track 11 she's a rejector what a name uh i, I wrote whoa distortion guitar there's a girl that left me bitter yeah yeah i was like distortion guitar yeah, and acoustic guitar i like this one not the lyrics as much but the music is cool are, are these all drum machines i wrote i love the outro how it goes into the last song um 
Yeah, this one felt different just because it had like guitar in it, like electric guitar. It felt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's some clean guitar going on and some some lead guitar a little bit, like little little like bits, but um, this one was like full blown, like it had like electric guitar in it. Um, as like oh, a textural no, thing. She's it's, a like, reverbic. My my, you busted me like a Robocop. Which one's that one? Eleven. <laughs> That's she's a rejector. Yeah. So they're yeah. all drum machines, huh? I think so for this album. It's electronic. It was like the, like is, was this like the rise of electronic music in the indie sphere? I feel like that 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 was a thing at this time. Yeah, MGMT uh, hit it big in two thousand seven. Is that electric feel? Is that electric feel? Yeah, electric feel is them. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you could define the late 2000s, mid to late 2000s as just the uh, the indie electronic pop thing. Indie electronic. Blown yep. up more and more. Yep, yeah. indie, indie electronic pop. Indie electro pop. Mm-hmm. For the last song, which is, has a crazy fucking name. <laughs> we were born the mutants <laughs> We were again. born the mutants again with Liebling. Super cool intro. Stereo stuff going on. Sounds cool with headphones. Uh, hypnotic. He's so good at hypnotic. Yeah. Hyp- hypnotic. Yeah. Sick bass yeah. lines. He's really good at it. I like this one. Um, haha, that sudden stop was weird. What a wacky dude I wrote. <laughs> wacky. This album's wacky. It's wacky. It's wacky, but it's so, it's so like true and personal. Yeah, I've, so everything The you genius say. of this release in particular, I feel like compared to most of the other stuff he's done, is it's such outrageous, surreal imagery and situations, but it really has a personal tinge to it yeah. it really it's like touching on deeper themes in a right. really interesting way whereas a lot of other stuff on subsequent albums just feels too much in crazy land for me dude um, oh my god he never released grunlandic edit as a single i'm looking at the singles from hissing fauna the first one is Shugi, that's so weird and then it's she's a rejector and then it's uh Gate. That's bizarre. Suffer for fashion, and then passes a grotesque animal. He never released Grunt. That was his single. What? Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I think the meaning of singles kind of changed by this time. We're we're not in the uh, the eighties anymore. Jesus. If you had to pick, if you were him and you were gonna pick a single, which one would you have picked? Heimdall's Gate. Yeah, because it really it encapsulates the concept of the album too. This crisis and these uh, these chemical changes that you can't uh, deal with except through accepting like medication and and accepting some kind of basic changes in your you know your makeup maybe it just it 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 has the and it's such a catchy hook like it it just sums up the whole vibe of the album for me. Cool. But like you were saying too, it's just one long song. You know everything flows into it feels like one long song. The next yeah. thing so smoothly. Hey, there were bonus tracks, two uh, bonus tracks. Well, the the bonus tracks is that uh, EP I was talking about, Icons Abstracty. Oh, gotcha. Um, and though, I I mean, if you if you ever want to dig further, definitely check out that EP because it has some great songs. I cool. love Duog Meg. Is he always singing in it, right? It's, not, it's never anybody else? Oh, it's, it's always their voice, except uh, they did some collaborations with uh, uh, Janelle Monet. Sings on a couple of their songs on the album "False Priest." Uh, they were in Hidden Figures, and she also has a whole solo career. Uh, she's in that new show, Homecoming. I mean, she's she's big. She's a famous uh, singer and actress. Um, she's a really good R and B singer. And you got Solange, 
Beyonce's sister singing on another song. She's singing on an Off Montreal song? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right, this because especially by the album False Priest, they go in a much more like crazy R&B uh, funk direction. So it kind of works out for cool. some songs. Nice. Well, I'm glad I checked that out, man. It was it was cool. It was it was different for me. It was different for me. That's why I love doing this. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, it gets me listening to to different stuff. You're the kind of listener where you have the bands that you like, and you're busy making your own music. You're not necessarily seeking out new stuff all the time. That's exactly it's exactly my like crutch. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. It's a crutch at the same time. I like it. <laughs> it's 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 whatever. You know, no, not everybody has to listen to a bajillion different things. Yeah. Um, I sure like to. But Do you always have music playing? It's it's a, always a battle between podcasts and music for me. But every day at at least some point I'm listening to something. And uh, I either do it when I'm doing chores or taking a walk outside is, is my two times. I, I rarely ever just like put music on speakers and just hang out to that so much. It's always like it's complementing something I'm doing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I'm glad you you enjoyed at least uh, part of this album. I I look forward to exposing you to more yes. and more bizarre stuff in the future. Definitely. But um, for now, how, how would you rate this album? Zero to a hundred. Oh man, the numbers. Uh, wow. The numbers again. It's like from what perspective? Like a taste thing, or like a like objectively like you you don't have to love it. I won't be offended if you you know yeah. It's it's all taste. You know, music is subjective. How how some balance between how much you enjoyed it and how much you can admire it as a uh, uh, a piece of popular music. Yeah, I feel like for me, I'd give it like a seventy-eight. Yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty good. Um, I'm gonna give this one an eighty-nine. Nice. I uh, that's higher than Kid A. That's higher than Kid A. I I really I've I've a fond affection for this album. I I have difficulty with the past is a grotesque animal. You have difficulty with that one. Um, it's completely uh, opposite experience from yours, but uh, it, it breaks up just the nonstop uh, pop wonder for me a little bit, but I can appreciate why it's on the album. Yeah. And uh, like the last track doesn't stick out that, doesn't mm-hmm. stick out to me that much either. But yeah, there's just, there's so much solid pop in here, so much uh, innovation and kind of textures, a lot uh, of textures. Personal oh, yeah, stuff. Per- it was nice learning about the that, textures, said, like, the personal stuff and different characters he's got. Yeah, the the personal stories are all are all in there. So yeah, I give this a solid uh, eighty nine. Wow, cool. All right, that's another one in the can. If you want to check out more Niagara Moon stuff. Uh, music and otherwise, go to niagaramoonmusic.com. Check out Dan and his music at danbarracuda.com. If you want to suggest a album for us to talk about in the future, that would be awesome. And by all means, uh, message me on uh, the Facebook page, Instagram. You can email me. I mean, you know how many options there are. So we look forward to coming back next week with another episode. And until then... Uh, just hang tight. See you later.